This is what we've all been waiting for. To gather together. To open something wrapped with care. To make someone smile. <laughs> and jingle all the way home. We've been waiting all year to come together and make this December one to remember. Have a happy and safe holiday season from Lexus. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. My fellow free mother sovereign thinkers, thank you for tuning to L3 Podcast. My name is Craig, transmitting from the beautiful realms of planet Earth. Today's date is Thursday, December 30th, 2021. This episode 1462, entitled The Wounded Knee Massacre, the Forgotten History of the Native American Gun Confiscation. Before I pursue this, you can listen to me on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Deezer, Podcast Attic, Podchaser. Jail Savon, Anchor, Breaker, Podbean, Reason, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Hit that like button and share it everywhere. Plus, I'm on multiple social media sites. Just type in Loki Luck number three or Roman number three with the three eyes. Furthermore, I'm on Telegram. Right, Loki Luck, just type in Loki Luck Roman numeral three podcast. If you want to donate, go to paypal.me or cash.app forward slash. Loki luck number three. Well, I was one of the reasons why I'm a real SOB when it comes to the riding key and bear arms. I never use this statement to say it's a constitutional right. In good faith, it's a natural right. And don't get me wrong, I've used constitutional rights before. We've all been, you know, conned or swindled, you know, it's okay. However, when you start reading the history of, of our rights as a whole in these United States, it's considered inalienable or alienable. Some people may pronounce it. This is one of the reasons I despise all forms of tyranny, including what happened to the Native Americans at Wounded Knee. We gotta look at all sides of history, good and bad. Yes. Even the history of the United States government had their negative impacts, violating others. Doesn't matter what they are, what they look like. It's just a disturbing example. We need to learn from it as this as essential as the things we achieved positively. And this is why an individual like myself, when I tell people as a US citizen, what is your main duty? Never trust the government. Any questions, just read the Declaration of Independence. It's very self-explanatory. I know I repeat myself to many of my uh, repeated listeners, but forgive me on that. But for once we just started out, got to pay attention to what's going on. And if you don't learn from the past, we're going to be damned to repeat it. And I know what's going on in Australia, for an example, and many other nations that with the in Germany, Turkey, and um, Rwanda, Uganda, 
Australia, even New Zealand. People are getting taken advantage of. There's like others are being massacred left and right thanks to victim disarmament. Need another one too, if you study the history, certain ethno groups weren't allowed to have firearms or join militias after the, the Militias Act of 1792. Yeah, racism, bigotry, and all that is unacceptable. Anti-Bill of Rights. So, if they could do it to one particular group, anyone else could be next. That's what's called the ripple effect. But even with this episode, I'm going to be narrating here, which is done by the Daily Bell. Bell, excuse me, is that we got to study the past. If we don't, we're damned on to repeat it. In other words, the past is today's greatest teacher. It's not an ethno thing. It's an ethical matter. So I'm going to be reading this from the Daily Bell. And it's entitled, the article, The Wounded Knee Massacre, The Forgotten History of the Native American Gun Confiscation. It came out today. As it reads here, the battle at Wounded Knee is a significant battle in American history as it put an end to the Indian Wars and is marked as the last official defeat of the Native Americans. But what's not taught in history lessons is that Wounded Knee was one of the first federally backed gun confiscations in the history of the United States, and it ended in the massacre of nearly 300 unarmed people. During the late 19th century, American Indians were allowed to purchase and carry firearms just as white men were. The colonial gun laws did not bar Native Americans from possessing firearms, yet their, that natural right was violated by government forces at Wounded Knee, and once the guns were confiscated, the battle ensued. When we look at the issues surrounding gun confiscation, Wounded Knee gives us an example of the devastation that an unarmed people can expect at the hands of their own government. This battle serves as a reminder to fight against gun confiscation and the gun control legislation that can lead to it. Leading up to Wounded Knee, at the beginning of the 19th century, it's estimated that 600,000 American Indians lived on the land that is now the United States. By the end of the century, the people diminished to less than 150,000. Throughout the 1800s, these nomadic tribes were pushed from the open plains and forests into Indian territories, places determined by the U.S. government. It started during the Creek Indian War from 1813 to 1815 when American soldiers led by Andrew Jackson won nearly 20 million acres of land from the defeated Creek Indians. During that time, the War of 1812 happened too. Yes. Unlike George Washington, who believed in civilizing the Native Americans, Jackson favored an Indian removal when the president in 1830 signed the Indian Removal Act, which was the first of many U.S. legislations that did not, not grant the Native Americans the same rights as colonial European Americans. Davy Crockett was the only delegate from Tennessee to vote no against the act. The Plains Indians who lived in the plains between the Mississippi River and the Rocky Mountains weren't as impacted by the U.S. government until later in the 
century. As U.S. expansion pushed into the Wild West as people moved past the Mississippi and into the frontier, conflicts again arose between the Indians and Americans. In the first attempt at peace in 1851, the first Fort Laramie Treaty was signed, which granted the Plain Indians about 150 million acres of land for their own use as the Great Sioux Reservation. Then 13 years later, the size was greatly reduced to 60 million acres in the Fort Laramie Treaty of 1868. It's a couple flip-flopping, right? Which recreated the Sioux, Great Sioux Indian Reservation boundaries and proclaimed all of South Dakota west of the Missouri River, including the Black Hills, solely for the Sioux Nation. As part of the treaty, no unauthorized non-Indian was to come into the reservation and the Sioux were allowed to hunt in unconceded, unseceded Indian territory beyond the reservation that stretched into North Dakota, Montana, Wyoming, Nebraska, and Colorado. If any non-Indian wanted to settle on this unceded land, they could only do it with the permission of the Sioux. That was until 1874 when gold was discovered in South Dakota's Black Hills. The treaties that were signed between the Native Americans and the U.S. government were ignored as gold rushers invaded Indian Territory and issues arose as the Battle of Little Bighorn. As the time went on, the American Indians continued to be pushed into smaller territories and their lives began to diminish. In 1889, the U.S. government issued the Dawes Act, which took the Black Hills from the Indians and broke up the Great Sioux Reservation into five separate reservations and took nine million acres and opened it for public purchase by non-Indians for homesteading and settlements. The Native Americans were squeezed into these smaller territories and didn't have enough game to support them. The bison that had been a staple to their way of life were gone. Their ancestral lands that sustained them were no longer theirs. The resistance was over. They were no longer free people living amongst themselves but redskins. Confined by the white man in the reservations, they had been forced to, many against their will. With all of the Sioux Nation inhabiting less than 9 million acres, Divided up throughout South Dakota, the Indians were encouraged by the U.S. government to develop small farms. But they were faced with poor, arid soil and a bad growing season, which led to a severely limited food supply in the year following the Dawes Act. A miscalculation in the census complicated matters even more when the population on the reservation was undercounted leading to less supplies sent from the U.S. government. The situation was beyond bleak, and the Sioux Indians were starving. People were starving. That winter, an influenza epidemic broke out and caused a disproportionate number of Sioux children to die. And then, in the summer of 1890, a drought hit, destroying yet another season of crops, and the people of Lakota... Pine Ridge Indian Reservation were in dire condition. The Ghost Dance. Perhaps 
it was these desolate circumstances that led to the spread of what is known as the ghost dance. Based on the vision experienced by the Sioux religious leader, the ghost dance was the spiritual ritual that was supposed to call the coming Messiah, who would be an American Indian. The Messiah would force the white man off to Indian land, return the bisons to the plains, and resurrect both their deceased and the life of the Native Americans had once enjoyed. Although this was not a war dance, it was feared by those who believed the Indians were savages. One such man was Daniel Royer, who arrived as a new agent on the Pine Ridge Reservation in October of 1890. He believed it to be a war dance and requested troops from President Benjamin Harrison on November 15th of that same year. His telegram read, Indians are dancing in the snow and are wild and crazy. We need protection now. We need protection and we need it now. Harrison granted the request and part of the 7th Cavalry arrived on November 20th with orders to arrest several Sioux leaders. Commander James Horses led the troops. On December 15th, the 7th Cavalry attempted to arrest Sitting Bull, the Sioux Indian chief who annihilated Commander George Custer in the Battle of the Little Bighorn. He also toured with Buffalo Bill's Wild West show and was a dear friend to Annie Oakley. Because he didn't attempt to stop the ghost dance amongst his people during the incident, Sitting Bull was shot and killed. Sitting Bull was shot and killed. The coda at Pine Ridge began to get nervous and the tribe's leaders, Bigfoot, practiced the ghost dance and had caught the attention of the federal agents. After hearing and seeing Bull's death, he and his tribes, tribe fled to the Badlands. They were pursued by the 7th Cavalry for five days, but Bigfoot had come down with pneumonia and they were peacefully intercepted at Wounded Knee Creek on December 28th. December 29th, 1890, the Wounded Knee Massacre. The next morning, Colonel Forsyth demanded that the tribe surrender their firearms. Rifles were being turned over without issue until some of the Sioux men started a ghost dance and began throwing dirt into the air, as was customary to the dance. Tensions among the soldiers increased. A few moments later, a Sioux man named Black Coyote refused to give up his rifle. It has been reported that the Indian was deaf and had recently purchased the rifle and was most likely unaware of why the soldier was demanding it. Regardless, the two began to scuffle and the gun discharge. The 7th Cavalry, who was reconstructed the reconstructed regime of Custer opened fire on Lakota. Along with their own weapons, they used four Hotchkiss guns, a revolving barrel machine gun that could fire 68 rounds per minute, devastating the entire tribe, which had just peacefully handed over their weapons. Sioux men, women, and children scattered, and the cavalry pursued them. Dead bodies were later found three miles from camp. Once the firing ended, some two hours later, an estimated 300 Native Americans lay dead in the snow, at least half of them women and children. 
those that didn't die immediately froze to death during the upcoming blizzard. Nearly a week later, on January 3rd, 1891, the cavalry escorted a burial party to the banks of the Wounded Knee River, and they buried 146 Lakota Indians in a single mass grave. Others' bodies were found in the surrounding areas, and the estimated body count is between 250 and 300 Sioux. 7th Cavalry lost 25 men. After the massacre, the massacre at Wounded Knee brought an end to the Indian Wars. There was no more resistance. The ghost dancing stopped. The Native Americans had been beaten, but the cavalry attacks was recognized as butchery, with Forsyth's commanding officer, General Nilsson Miles, calling it a criminal military blunder and a horrible massacre of women and children. However, President Harrison had an election around the corner and wasn't in a position to look bad. Miles' report was dismissed. Instead, the cavalry men were made out as heroes against the Indian savages. And in the spring of 1891, the president awarded the first of 20 Medal of Honors to the soldiers who disarmed and, disarmed and slaughtered the Sioux at Wounded Knee. It has been speculated that the 7th Cavalry, which again was regrouped after it was destroyed by the sitting bull at Little Bighorn, was looking for a fight and deliberately sought revenge on the Native Americans. Bruce Elk, one of the few Lakota survivors of the Wounded Knee Massacre, recalled in 1931, I can still see the butchered women and children lying heaped and scattered all along the crooked gulch, as plain as when I saw with, saw with eyes still young. And I can see that something else died there in the bloody mud and was buried in the blizzard. A people's dream died there. Wounded knee, the Wounded Knee Massacre, the Forgotten, of the Native American gun confiscation originally appeared in the resistance library at ammo.com. So, when I study, read about this, and watch documentaries on the horrific events, what's going on now isn't new at all. Is just a new group of people. Wounded knee. Look what happened when he went in that Waco. Waco massacre, I call it. And all those parasites, those tyrannical elements from the ATF criminals, I call them, got awarded. Nothing new under the sun, folks. This is why a man like myself despises all forms of tyranny and have no shame of addressing it. Not even worry about calling out trees the scumbags want to tell us how to what we can have, what we can't have. Long long violate others none their damn business. Like I said before, if you don't say the past, we're damn to repeat it. Don't fall for the hype, the hoop or the propaganda machine. It can happen again with non Indians. Descent. It's called a ripple effect. Genocide leads to democide. What is your intake on this? Well, that's what I was going to say before, folks. 
Never trust the government, period. To hell with the factions and piss on our lords and saviors, including some fetish of having a presidential supremacy. It's just how I see things. And I'm not afraid to speak my mind and very damn proud of it. The truth hurts, deal with it. That will be it. I thank everyone for listening. Plus, feel free to download and share us throughout your social media network. If you have any questions, comments, or if something that's interesting, you want to check it out wherever you do, please send your correspondence to the quorum. Furthermore, I'll leave the footnote of this article on my speaker page. If you want to contact me, you can go to lookyluck03 at protonmail.com. If you want to donate, you can hit me at paypal.me or cash.app forward slash luck number three. And if you want to support the Daily Bell, Daily Bell, that's how I said Bell, 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 that'd be awesome. And even check out the site from ammo.com too. We do care about humanity, folks. Hopefully you do feel the same. Once again, thank you for your time. Plus, always remember that the maniac resistance is healthy for the soul and can liberate humanity. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Keep on spreading the love. And may your guardian spirits be with you. Got a new kitten or looking to spoil the ones you already love? Shop online at Chewy. Find food, litter, scratchers, even prescriptions. We've got everything you need to make them happy. Plus, you get fast free shipping on orders over $49. Visit Chewy.com today.